This is Out of Context with Caitlin Hartlin. Yes, that is her. She is me. I'm Caitlin Hartlin, and thank you so much for joining me once again for the final episode. I can't even believe it. The final episode of 2020 of Out of Context. It feels like a long road to get here, especially because I had a few hiccups there with trying to get episodes out every month, but I'm back on schedule now, and uh, I'm looking forward to a new year that unfortunately probably will still involve some pandemic. (laughs) We're not out of the woods yet, but at the very least... I'm going into 2021 with a bit more awareness than I think I entered 2020 with. I thought I had a lot of things figured out last year, and I went into 2020 thinking, yeah, this is it. This is going to be my year. You know, don't we all do that every single year? And then it never works out quite the way we plan it to. But yeah, I had a a different kind of optimism for this year because so many good things were happening in my life. Ah, there's been a constant of 2020 and recording in my basement, my cat picking at the carpet or the door just outside my studio. So, uh, hello from Nat the Cat. (laughs) I should also mention that I have my traditional warm beverage to start off the episode, and I'm going to sip it just to prove it. Mmm. Oh yeah, that's really good. So I took a bit of a deviation from my usual. I don't have a cup of tea this time. I thought I would get a bit more festive since this is a holiday episode, and I've got some hot chocolate. But it's not just any hot chocolate. No, no. There is eggnog in here. I highly recommend it if you've never tried it. I will admit I cheated and I used the hot chocolate mix. It wasn't straight up cocoa. I know there are people out there cringing because you're a hot chocolate or a cocoa purist, but I still say this is good. So if you haven't tried it, sub in eggnog instead of milk and see if you like the difference. I actually used a bit of both, to be honest, because I never drink my eggnog straight. I still drink it the same way my parents prepared it when I was a kid, which was with about half milk, half eggnog, just to, I think, uh, lessen the strength a bit. And I got used to the taste, so now it's how I drink it as an adult. And that's a fitting recollection for this episode, because this entire episode is going to be devoted to holiday memories. And it doesn't matter what holiday you celebrate this time of year, or if you choose not to celebrate anything, just a memory of holidays past is enough for me. And I am very grateful to all of those who did submit memories. I was going to share one in particular from my own past, (laughs) but my sister beat me to it. Her submission was the memory I was going to use, so thanks a lot for that, Tansen. I had to get a bit more creative than I was planning to. (laughs) That said, um, I'm going to start with my favorite holiday memory. Well, one of my favorites, I should say, since Tamsin stole mine. Um, This goes back to, I believe it was the fourth grade. Um, I'll have to double check my memory banks later to confirm if that's right. But it was one of my earliest recollections of breaking gender norms, which was particularly interesting when I remember that I attended a Catholic elementary school where gender stereotypes tended to be a bit more reinforced than they might be in a public school. I don't know. I could be wrong about that as I only had my own experience to go on. But it was for our Christmas concert that year. I don't remember what the premise of the play was. I just remember that I was in it and I played Santa Claus. And I actually unearthed some video because uh, prior to my dad passing, he had been slowly compiling all of our old home movies on VHS and converting them to digital formats. And unfortunately, he didn't finish, and none of us have had the time to devote to converting all of them or even finding all of the tapes. I'm sure there are still some buried at my mother's house. But I did manage to take a few that he had already digitized, and I've got copies on my computer now. 
So yeah, I stumbled upon this video of a Christmas concert from the early 90s and me playing Santa. <laughs> I also have a photo somewhere of me sitting in the audience after our class performed and I've just got the kind of Santa robe on because it was actually a bathrobe <laughs> that my mom converted into a Santa jacket for me and she sewed painstakingly the cotton to make the kind of fur trim that he has where the coat joins and uh, along the bottom as well and I believe around the collar but yeah it's just this photo of me smiling away in the crowd and uh, just wearing my Santa jacket and but, but otherwise not looking like Santa Claus at all because I had taken the fake beard and everything off. But it was quite comical to watch because everything I was wearing was too large for me. I remember I had to use my dad's <laughs> military boots, <laughs> freshly polished if memory serves. And um, I think the pants, I don't think they were mine either. I want to say they were borrowed from either my brother or my sister, or maybe they might even been mom's or dad's. I honestly don't know. But yeah, all very oversized and... Uh, <laughs> I've got this enormous pack that I throw over my shoulder and it's just it's just comical seeing how small I was and how I was trying to fulfill this adult role. Um, and I don't think it was a speaking role per se. Uh, there was just a lot of me kind of motioning and going along with what the other members of the play were saying. Uh, I think there was a narrator, but man, I'm gonna have to watch this again. My memory is shaky on it, but... I do remember being very excited about playing the role because that was a point in my life when I had figured out that I liked girls. I definitely knew that for sure. I had known that from about the age of three. But I, ha what I hadn't figured out yet was that it was okay for girls to like girls. I didn't have to be a boy in order for that to be acceptable. But in these early instances when I didn't know that, it was always really fun and exciting for me to kind of mess with the gender stereotypes and do things that were traditionally reserved for boys. It's the reason I joined beavers and scouts and I would favor a tie over wearing a dress when I had to go to formal events. In hindsight, I see it as kind of my first forays into the world of drag. I loved experimenting with the masculine energies within me and the ways that I could present my own gender as a woman while not being traditionally feminine. And when I say traditionally feminine, I, I say that with a bit of uh, tongue-in-cheek because traditional, that word itself means this is the way we've always done it. But that's not true throughout history. There have been many periods where men and women switched roles and had different roles and all sorts of rules got bent. And some of those rules didn't even exist during certain time periods. And I think we're seeing a resurgence of that in probably over the past decade or so with people kind of rediscovering that throughout the centuries, people have always messed with gender roles. It's never been concrete. And personally, I welcome this kind of circling back in history because I think it's every time that we start to bind ourselves to concrete rules that we run into trouble because no one is ever going to fit inside a neat, tidy box with rules assigned to them. That's just not how humans work. We are ever-growing, ever-evolving beings. And the more knowledge we have, the more powerful we can become. So why would we actively try to suppress that knowledge? Just something to think about. I don't want to get too deep. This is supposed to be a fun episode. <laughs> that was also probably one of the first 
definitely not the first, but one of the first um, kind of pointers to my adult life as wanting to be a performer and entertainer. I absolutely loved being up on that stage. Even though I didn't have any speaking lines, I really over-exaggerated my performance and uh, just really got into the role. And I think if anyone were to guess, they wouldn't have known it was a girl inside that costume. So that was one of my favorite holiday memories, was getting to dress up as Santa Claus and participate in my Christmas concert in fourth grade. And I've had submissions from a few different people. The first one I'm going to share is going to be my sister's, since I've talked about it so much already. Tamsin is my older sister, and she still lives in Alberta, where we both grew up. And hers is uh, very short and sweet. And I, without further ado, here she is. Merry holidays from your sister, Tamsin Hartland. My favorite Christmas memory is maybe not a specific one, but just in general, when we were kids and you and I would be up super early. Marshall would be, I don't know, sleeping or being some sort of grumpy teenage or preteen boy. And you and I would be up super early and we wouldn't be allowed to open our presents or wake up mom. We had to wait for her to get up and have breakfast before we could open presents. And we would just be so excited, but we were allowed to open our stockings. So my absolute favorite memory is sitting there and opening stockings with you. Ah, thank you, Tamsin. Thank you so much. I will say my sister has been one of the biggest supporters of this podcast and of just about every venture I have tried throughout my life. She's always been a big fan of mine, um, even when I don't think I recognized it at the time. But as an adult, I am very grateful for how supportive a sister I have had for my entire life. I actually made a joke at her wedding. <laughs> my brother's going to love this one if he ever listens. But I was saying something to the effect of, my sister is the kindest, most compassionate supportive, loving sibling that I have. <laughs> yeah, the crowd uh, got a kick out of that one. But in all seriousness, since I know you're going to listen to this, Tamsin, thank you so much for contributing to my podcast. And there's Nat the cat at the door again, <laughs> ruining my tender moment as usual. I know not every queer person is as lucky as I am to have a family that's been as supportive and loving as what I've had. And that brings me to another reason I wanted to do this episode. This time of year can be very triggering and traumatizing for a lot of people, especially in the queer community, because holidays tend to be times when you spend a lot of extra quality time with your family. And unfortunately, not everyone is as fortunate as I am to have a family that is supportive and accepting. So this episode is for those of you who have found family elsewhere or who might find yourself alone this holiday. I just want you to know that even if I don't know you, I'm here for you and I love you. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to be sharing some resources in case you need a little extra help this season. I realize that with the timing of releasing this episode, most of the holiday season will be over, but it's always something good to have in your back pocket or as kind of a, a release after the holidays are over. You've made it through and you want to listen to something to pick your spirits up. Hopefully this will be the episode for you. Now on to the next submission. This one came from someone locally here in Dryden. Uh, she's a friend of my partner's and is now becoming my friend as well, I'm happy to say. Her name is Amanda, and she was actually the first one to submit a story for this episode. I won't spoil it any further, here she is. Christmases at my mom's were always a little bit hard. My parents were divorced, and my mom was unable to work because of her disabilities, so we were way under the poverty line. I could tell that Christmas was super stressful for my mom because she wanted to be able to give me things like other kids got. Now, I want to stress that Christmas is definitely not about what we receive, but I know that my mom wanted to give, 
and her not being able to do that like she wanted to was definitely a source of depression. I could feel it rolling off of her in waves. Christmases at my mom's could be pretty lonely. It was just me and her, so we didn't usually do much other than open presents. There was sometimes a dinner at my aunt's sometime around the holidays, but I don't remember going every year. Or maybe we did, and my memory is just bad, though. One year was especially hard for us, and that was a year that something unexpected and wonderful happened. As an adult, I know what actually happened, but as a kid, it was a lot more magical. On Christmas Day, there was an unexpected knock on our apartment door, so I ran to answer it. When I opened the door, no one was there, but there was a large basket filled with food and some presents. I looked down the hallway to catch a glimpse of Santa just as he exited the main doorway as he said, Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! It was a really surreal and magical moment. My mom was just as excited and we were so grateful that someone thought of us and tried to make Christmas just a little bit brighter. To quote the Grinch, maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. For me, Christmas is about taking time away from busy life to slow down, be kind, and to think of others. Aww, wasn't that a cute story? I actually got a little teary the first time I listened to it before I even got to editing. That was a really lovely story, Amanda, and thank you so much for sharing. It's really nice to know that people will come through for you even in the hardest of times. And I especially appreciated the Grinch quote because I think that's one that is particularly relevant this year when a lot of us aren't able to spend time that we normally would with our loved ones. We aren't able to travel or do a lot of the things that we would normally do. It really is important to remember the non-material things that we have in our lives and cherish the relationships that we have. Time for another sip of hot chocolate. Mm -mm -mm. Seriously, eggnog and hot chocolate. If you haven't tried it, what are you waiting for? Oh... I should also mention what I'm drinking the hot chocolate out of is a previous Christmas gift from my sister. Uh, I believe it was, yeah, 2018. We got to meet up in Winnipeg. It was my first Christmas in Ontario. It was when I was living in Fort Francis, and my sister and her husband drove from Edmonton because he was going to visit an old friend because he had spent some time growing up in Winnipeg when he was younger. And, uh... Yeah, we decided, well, since they're there and it's only about four hours from Fort, why not meet up? And it was a kind of a whirlwind 24-hour visit because I had to be back for work as I was still uh, on the radio with my morning show duties at that time. And yeah, so we met up for a quick little Christmas and it was absolutely lovely. We had some great food at uh, my sister's husband's friend's house and did a white elephant gift exchange. And I made out like a bandit that year. I got a crock pot and a lovely... And a lovely giant canvas that says fuck and then has a definition of the word. It's beautiful. Um, but yeah, this mug came out of that uh, Christmas as well. It's a big red mug that says puck yeah. If you know us Heartlands, you know we love some wordplay, especially when it sounds like it's swearing. Mm-mm. Okay, last sip, I promise. And then I'll, I'll actually talk for a bit. <laughs> That's what a podcast is for, right? The holidays this year definitely look a lot different, and it really got me reflecting on previous holidays I'd gotten to spend, like the one I just mentioned with my sister in Winnipeg, and the other times when I've gotten to travel to see my family, or even just the phone calls that are standard every year. This year we did video chats, which has become a thing in recent years anyway, because none of us live in the same place anymore, so that part of it wasn't that different. But it felt extra special this year, just purely because we could. You know, there are a lot of people who have lost loved ones this year, and I feel extremely fortunate that I didn't have to count myself among them. I know in particular here in Dryden, there was a recent passing that kind of shook the community. Um, 
And again, that's a reason I wanted to do this episode was because I know that there are people grieving right now and they could use a bit of positivity in their lives. And if I can be the one to bring that, then so much the better. And I will say again, at the end of the episode, I will be sharing some resources both locally and nationally in case you are having a rough time with your mental health or if you happen to be queer and your family is not the most accepting or if you can't even see your family. Those are the resources that I will point you towards. So hopefully you can get yourself some help and um, don't be shy about reaching out to me either. The whole reason I started this podcast was because I wanted to reach the queer community in a place where... It's hard to A, find queer content that's local, and B, we are so geographically isolated. Like, even the communities that are around are pretty far apart from each other. I mean, I'm from Nova Scotia, where nothing you want to see is more than two hours away. But here, it's four hours to the nearest city, and sometimes even the smaller communities aren't that close together. So don't worry about wanting to contribute content to the podcast or anything like that. If you just need someone to talk to, outofcontextpod at gmail.com is always open. You can send me a message on Facebook, Out of Context with Caitlin Hartland, or even on Instagram, Out of Context. Depending where you're listening to the podcast right now, you should be able to see all of those various uh, social media handles and all of the contact information. But email is for sure an easy way to get a hold of me. You may have also noticed in the last episode that I did with Vi Jones that I didn't include my context portion. That was something I started as a means of listener interaction, and I was hoping to get submissions from people, whether it was just a story you wanted to tell, a joke, share some information about resources for the queer community, anything really that (laughs) struck your fancy, I would welcome, and then I would include it as a piece of each episode. But unfortunately, the submissions have not been rolling in, so I've decided to suspend that for now. And maybe once this podcast grows a bit more and I have a larger listener base or people start feeling more comfortable sharing with me, because I realize that may be an issue too, it's not easy to put yourself out there, um, I might bring that feature back. But for now, it'll just be the episodes as they are. And if anyone wants to submit something, I'll consider reinstating it. And now it's time for another listener submission. This one came from Elise in Thunder Bay. Uh, She's a friend of my partner's. Uh, We haven't actually met yet in person, thanks to COVID, (laughs) but hopefully 2021 things will change. But the thing I found most interesting about Elise's submission is that we have a few things in common that we might not have realized had she not submitted this. So I'll let you take a listen and then I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Here she is. One of my favorite Christmas memories is the first Christmas I spent with my partner in 2012. His dad is from Germany and he was born there and we spent two weeks in Germany and Austria. It was almost surreal. Leading up to Christmas was warm. I waited in a river a few days before Christmas because it was in the mid-teens. I definitely earned myself some looks from the locals. We visited a ton of Chris Kindle markets, uh, Christmas markets in Munich and Nuremberg, including a medieval one, which was just so cool. We spent Christmas itself in the Austrian Alps. There was so much snow and it was perfect. I'm definitely a lover of snow at Christmas and for my birthday, which is the week before Christmas. And it was my first time seeing such huge mountains. Um, I think the Blue Mountain in Southern Ontario was the biggest mountain I had seen before then. We went to get a tree on Christmas Eve and ended up with a super tiny tree because it was the only one we could find. It was maybe two feet tall. I grew up always having giant fresh trees, so it was a little different. 
We went tobogganing down a seven-kilometer uh, seven toboggan hill through the mountains on Christmas Eve. Um, and the town at the base of the mountain we were staying at set off fireworks. It blew my mind that we were higher up than the fireworks. Um, there were just so many new things. I got to meet all of his immediate family. Uh, his brother's family lives in Germany, and his sister and her family live in New Zealand. But we all gathered together. It was just filled with such new experience. I have a lot of happy Christmas memories from being a child, but this one was definitely my favorite Christmas memory as an adult. From Thunder Bay, that was Elise with her favorite holiday memory, which happened in Germany. And uh, just before I played you that clip, I was talking about how we have some things in common that we might not have realized. Uh, one of which is that I have also been to Germany. I actually lived there for four years. And also my best friend Kevin, or my bestie with testes, as I like to call him, uh, his dad lives in Germany as well. So I've got a connection to Germany, plus my girlfriend. Her father's side of the family is German. And in addition to that, uh, Elise also made mention of New Zealand. I believe her partner's family lives there. And... Uh, my brother lived there for three years. So interesting coincidences. I'm sure we'd have a lot to talk about when we finally meet, Elise. Thank you again for the submission. One of the great Christmas memories that I have is from Christmas 2016. I had moved to Vancouver from Halifax in March of that year and obviously was a bit further away from where my family lives in Hans County. So I decided in about October of that year that I would go back to Nova Scotia for Christmas, but it would be a surprise. As far as people knew, I, w I had to stay in the city to work at my grocery store job because, of course, that's one of the busiest times of the year for a grocery store. Unfortunately, I did have to tell a few people, my two sisters and two of my best friends, Megan and her brother James, but it was still an incredibly successful surprise. I got to pop out at two different holiday gatherings, show up at another best friend's door, Caitlin, while she was uh, mid-bite with a slice of pizza, uh, and I got to surprise my mom, all of which made for priceless video moments for Facebook. I had to stay behind this year because of the pandemic, but I'm hoping that I could pull something off like that again someday. <laughs> I should have known that would be the memory that Darren would choose since it involves me. And I will say he pulled off that surprise very well. Um, there were videos of him jumping out of a box, I think is how he did it for his mother, and pretty much almost gave everyone either a heart attack or uh, presented a choking hazard because most people were eating when he pulled off the surprise. I don't think he planned it that way, but it's just the way it worked out. And yeah, exactly true to what he said. He did catch me like mid-bite in a slice of pizza. I was wearing my pajamas. I hadn't showered that day. And of course, that was the moment that was captured on video. But it really was a really lovely surprise. And uh, after I got over my initial shock, there was much crying and laughter and we had a, a grand old visit. It was great. Miss you, Darren. Thank you so much for submitting. And last but not least, my partner decided to submit a story. And since I did give everyone the option, I'll be reading this one for her. So this is from my partner, Catherine. My favorite Christmas memories. Every year, when my grandmother was alive, we would head over to her home with all of our presents on Christmas Eve. After a supper of appetizers and cranberry ginger ale spritzers, we would go around and open presents. A very German thing to do. Christmas Day was always less eventful. The only thing it had going for it was the turkey dinner. After I went vegetarian, it was less exciting for me. Now the holidays aren't as shiny, but I really enjoy spending quality time with my people and fur babies. And I'm going to go ahead and take some creative license there and assume she's talking about me when she refers to those people. <laughs> you can confirm or deny in person, Catherine. Love you so much. And thank you for submitting to the podcast. 
So, wow, some truly incredible stories have been shared on this episode, and I'm still finding it hard to believe that this is my final episode of 2020. This is a year that I think we are all happy to hang up and put up on the shelf and maybe not think about for a while. We can process it when we've had some better times, I think. With that in mind, though, I wanted to reiterate that this episode was meant to bring you a little bit of joy in a time that's been pretty uncertain, and especially during the holiday season, which, even outside of a pandemic, can often be difficult for people in the queer community. So just remember that you aren't alone. There are support services available. And as hard as it is, you can reach out to the people who love you. And if you do know someone who's going through a rough time, make sure to check in on them. You don't know how important even just a message or a hey can be to someone who's really struggling. And as I promised earlier in the episode, I do have some resources to share. Some of them are local, others can be found nationwide. The first one I want to talk about is one that's local here to Dryden, and that is the Dryden Mobile Crisis Line, which is available 24-7, and the number is 1-866-888-8988. Another way you can get connected to resources to help you through the week is through Dryden Regional Mental Health and Addiction Services. It's actually one that I have used myself. It's how I got connected with my anxiety group over Zoom, and I've also recently started seeing a therapist. And by seeing, I mean talking on the phone, because COVID. (laughs) But the number for Dryden Regional Mental Health and Addiction Services is 807-223-6678. And across Canada, the Kids Helpline is available 24-7. You can call them or text them. The number to call is 1-800-668-6868. Or you can text 686868. There's also a wonderful organization in town that has provided help to countless people in Dryden, and that is Hoshizaki House Emergency Shelter and Crisis. You can call them 24-7 at 807-223-3226 or toll-free at 1-800-465-7221. And I know a lot of people who struggle with mental health issues, making phone calls alone can often seem like an insurmountable task. So there are resources available where you don't have to talk to anyone on the phone. And one of the greatest ones that I've recently discovered is LGBT Youth Line. This one is obviously targeted for youth and you can either text them or you can chat online. And the number to text is 647-694-4275. Or you can chat live if you go to youthline.ca. Their hours are Sunday to Friday, 4 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Of course, it is my wish that you won't need any of these resources and that you have a stable and supportive network of people to help you out. But if you don't, there is no shame in reaching out to these resources, and I encourage you to do so. I can speak from experience that it's difficult to ask for help, but how rewarding it can be when you do. You don't have to fight any of this alone. And like I said, outofcontextpod at gmail.com. I'm always an email away if you have anything you'd like to talk about. Once again, thank you to all the listeners who submitted their stories. I really loved hearing them. And it's inspiration to do another episode like this next year, I think. And hopefully we'll get even more submissions. Thanks for listening to Out of Context throughout 2020. Stay safe, wear a mask, socially distance, and wash your damn hands. Out of Context with Caitlin Hartland. 